another Aramont podcast. I'm your host, Nick DeFord, and today we're continuing our five-part series where we spend some time with each of our brand new artists in residence here at Aramont School of Arts and Crafts. The last podcast, we talked to Horacio Casillas, and today we're talking to Naomi David Russo, who received her BFA in woodworking and furniture design from Maine College of Art in 2019. The following year, she continued her studio practice through an alumni residency in the woodworking and furniture design department at Maine College of Art. Naomi enjoys making objects that depend on a functional interaction to reveal the concept of the piece. And we talk a lot about that today, the relationship and the balance between function and just pure creative design. When we recorded our conversation this spring, she was working at New England Treads in Maine. And we talk a lot about that in the podcast, the relationship that an artist can have with their place of employment so that they can have access to the tools that they need to do their creative work. So let's listen to this conversation with Naomi Russell. My creative process, at least since coming out um, of school, has changed so much because while I was in school, it was like very, very, very organized. I had like a set list of everything I was going to do. I had like sketches after sketches, sketching out the things in the list and stuff like that. Like it was very organized um, step by step. Um, And ever since I've come out of that program, I've actually become a lot more loose with my process, which is really fun and nice. Um, So I've been, I still do my lists and I still make those step-by-step choices. And I still think about it a lot before I do it, but I'm a lot more relaxed if things go wrong. And I'm also a lot more like, I'll, I'll just kind of go with it. Uh, if it calls for it. Like if I'm like, I guess I just don't really like this aspect, I'll take it away and I'll be fine. Whereas I feel like for me, like three years prior, I would have been like, oh no, this is bad. <laughs> so what I feel like this changed a little bit. A lot of that's probably with the media that you work with too. As a woodworker, you know, you kind of have to have a bit of planning or, or do you? I don't know. I, as not a word worker myself, how much of it, I would assume, especially within certain modes of woodworking, like furniture design, planning is most of what the initial process is. So talk a little bit about the forms that you make and maybe about how planning, well, it's, I would love to hear more about how these new intuitive, I may have messed up on that, but I'm going to run with that works into what you do. Yeah. Okay. So um you're right. Like there is a lot of planning in woodworking because you want to do it in the right steps. Um, if you do something wrong, it'll either just take you way longer or you might just have to start over from scratch again, um, alter the design into something that you may not have wanted. So right now I've been working on a lot of like bent laminated wall pieces um, because I know it's something I can do. And with the material and with um, the access to the shop that I have right now, that is something that I know I can do and make. Um, and I've just been kind of learning through that process, I guess. Um, and I work with some really great people who will give me like tips here and there, um, on like how to, but there is one piece I was working on 
it was like one of my first wall hanging pieces like without function um and i was working on it and i realized i had cut it at like a weird angle um i was trying to make the strip taper off um and it just wasn't cut right at least to me um and they all kind of had that uniform like cut uh tapering a little bit more throughout each throughout each like bent stick basically um I was just like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? Um, so then I just kind of scrapped the idea I had before, um, kind of played with each piece like on my living room floor. And I was like, how do I want this to look? That can convey the same message that I want it to convey. Um, which was really fun for me because that's something that I wasn't used to doing, just like using these forms and actually kind of playing with them a little bit more, kind of like a real life sketch. I was like really used to just like sticking to my sketchbook and having my sketchbook just kind of look, the design in my sketchbook look like what I was going to make. I mean, I, I work the same way. I mean, the way that I work, I plan everything. So I'm really jealous of artists who can work spontaneously and intuitively. <laughs> Um, I mean, and, and to some extent, I, again, it's all on a spectrum. So compared to a woodworker, I, I do work intuitively and spon spontaneously because the amount of planning I do doesn't require a whole lot of um, prep, let's just say. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those artists who I, I think I've always, I've always been really attracted to, you know, the sort of um, purity, I think, of like, collage artists assemblage artists yeah yeah yes in like the beginning of the pandemic um my room and i my roommate and i we were doing some collages and it was really cool because like we have very different processes very different mediums um she does a lot of illustration and like she was just like putting them right on the page like here and there and i before I put any like glue or anything down, I made sure like everything was in the right place. <laughs> I took a picture of it and I tried to mimic it when I was putting the glue onto it. And I was just like, it needs to look perfect. Um, so yeah, I didn't do that. It feels like that this is the beginning of a, like a psychological art test that we, <laughs> we put a bunch of different people in different rooms that make, that use different materials. And we ask them to make a collage and we give them the same components. And that would be a really cool TV show. And then observe how they go about putting the collage together. <laughs> that would be really cool. Like, that would be uh, interesting to watch. Uh, we're just going to turn Aramont into just a place where we can do psychological art studies. <laughs> I'm not opposed. <laughs> that could be fun. <laughs> well, at the point that this podcast comes out, as we were talking about before we started recording, we don't know when this podcast is going to come out, but at, I, I think it'll either be soon or or uh, during your 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 residency at Aeromont. Uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about past residencies and what do you think residencies offer for people who might be listening, who are thinking about doing a residency or, or curious about them. Maybe in your past, even if you haven't had extended residency experiences, or if you have, what do you want from a residency and why do you think they're valuable to artists? Um, so what I like about residencies, I've only ever had experience with one other one, um, which was like the year after I graduated from Maine College of Art. Um, 
I had the opportunity to stay and like have a bench um, and like be there for shop hours and help out around the studio and stuff like that and still make my work and have access to that same studio and it was really cool so I thought like that gave me a lot of opportunity and when I was looking into more residencies to apply to um, like this one like I noticed that there was just like so many opportunities that I could have with this like there's just like a lot I could do with it um, and that's what attracted me to this one specifically. Um, but the one that I did, it was really nice. It was pretty, I was, I was really free to make whatever I wanted to make. Um, and I got to like know the students a little bit well and know them on kind of a different level than I had when I was a student myself. Um, and it was just really, really fun. <laughs> really enjoyed it. When you mentioned access, of course, having access to facilities, to space, uh, that's a really key part of a residency. But again, we were talking before we started recording and I thought it might be interesting for you to talk about what you're doing now, because right now you have access to a space, uh, but it's not, it's not a residency. So talk a little bit about that. Cause I think people could be really interested. I think artists need to look at ways that they can find access, especially artists that need equipment to do their work. There yeah, of routes out there. So talk a little bit about what you're doing now. So um, it's funny. I remember when I got this job and when they were like, yeah, you could totally work after hours like for free. You can just like work here and, you know, it, when we leave, you have to leave and that's fine. And I was like, OK, that's really cool. And it immediately I remember talking to this one really cool woodworker that I had met and I was just like, I think I was like a junior in college. I was like, please feed me information. Give me some advice, please. Um, and he was like, find a shop that you could work at that does something in wood. He said like he found a furniture making company and they let him have access. And he was like, maybe try to find that. That could be a really good way to do it. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I had that tucked in the back of my mind for like a while. Um, so when I got this job, I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, and I noticed some of the people I work with would work on their own stuff from time to time, like a little bit after hours. And I was like, that's interesting. Um, and then I remember one of my bosses was just like, you know, you could totally just stay after and work here. That is totally fine. And I was like, yeah, deal. I will totally do that. That is a great deal. Um, given like, Am I exhausted at the end of each day because it's a full-time job? Yes, but is it worth it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I get to keep making. Um, so it's like a really good plus. Yeah, and that's an avenue that I, I feel like sometimes in, in college art programs, they don't often advocate for. It's get yeah. out, try to be a full-time artist, get out, try to find a teaching job, but you know, I have a friend too who has a graphic design degree and is using his graphic design degree working at a sign company. They make the kind of plastic signs that go on the sides of buildings or businesses. So what you would imagine, like the plastic signs for fast food restaurants and things. But he's also a mixed media artist. So he has access to this machine that can laser cut plastic and laser cut vinyl anything that he designs and it has the same kind of uh, deal where he can work on that after hours and 
Yeah. That's a direction because use the skills that you have to work at the place that needs your skills, but then they have something that you need at the same time. Yeah. And it's, it was really cool because like, I hadn't really been exposed to any like production-based woodworking, uh, companies or anything like that I'd never really seen it I remember walking into the shop the first time and just being like wow I don't know what some of these machines are and it like surprised me and then I learned what they are and I was like nice more knowledge under my belt um but like it was it was really cool uh it was really cool to see and it's really fun to learn uh and it's made me like appreciate repetition so much more than I had in the past so well, and definitely what you were saying about having that, yeah, it's the end of the day and you've worked a full day, but that's what everybody, you know, like it's either go, go home and work on your artwork or yeah. sit there with the equipment and work on the artwork. So I think that that's part of it too, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a sweet deal that I got going on here. <laughs> so what, what, what are you going to make next? So what, what, what are some of the uh, maybe what do they call it blue a blue sky uh, concept? What are some things that you would like to work on given the time or given the opportunity or maybe because of the past year because of the pandemic or maybe just what if you could work on anything a new body of work what would you work on right now? A new body of work. Um, so I had just made my second of like two wall pieces and it was like bent laminated and I just I really love that process I really liked it when I learned it in school and I really liked it like my last project I made and then this one that I made it's just something I really enjoy doing and you know prior to the pandemic I was all about function like everything I made had to have a certain function um, and that was really important to me and I like would usually use the function as a way to kind of draw the viewer in um, into the work that I was making. But now recently I've just been making these wall hanging pieces that don't really have a function, um, but I've been trying to draw the viewer in with the form specifically just to like kind of bring them closer. Um, and I think I want to keep heading in that direction of just right now for me personally just exploring non-functional work on the side i'm also working on like other functional pieces but that's something that's like really exciting for me um when the pandemic happened and i had no like studio access like i could draw and i was like okay i can go back to this and this is nice and i should probably be always doing this like that's really important part of art for me anyway um but yeah, I think from that, like from my drawings that I wasn't necessarily designing anything for function, I think that's how I've been like dipping my toe into non-functional work and appreciating it like a lot. I would assume with a functional piece, um, you know, it's successful when it's being used, when it, it, it finds either its owner or yourself and its function is, is realized, but how do you know if a non-functional, a piece, I guess, purely for aesthetics or design, how do you know, first of all, when it's done? And second of all, how do you know if it's met that level of success for yourself? Yeah, I don't know. I've been seeing them like a lot as um, just like 3D sketches. That I've just been yeah. working on a lot more than like any other sketch really <laughs> that I would in my notebook. But 
um, what I like to do is I like to ask my peers what like what this makes them think of just like first few words that like pop in their head and if it has something to do with what I had intended that I'm like cool that's that's a success for me um, if it doesn't I wouldn't say that's not successful but I would say like okay that okay something about the shape something about the color that I've used um, isn't necessarily representing the idea that I had had for everyone to understand or grasp. I would ask the same about, I want my pieces that aren't, most of what I make aren't functional. So it, it's all about what you just said, you articulated it perfectly, which is just about connecting with people. Did I make something and somebody gets the idea? And even if they didn't get the same idea I had, that's fine because now we're having a conversation and I'm learning more about them and my own work, which my work is as much a mystery to me as it is to anybody else right it's it's a yeah it, it's got its own deep thoughts it thinks its own things it makes its connections with other people but i also think what you said about them being sketches is really interesting because it makes me wonder how do i even define if a sketch is successful like when you go back and look at your sketchbook when you go back and look at old sketches maybe the sketches from the beginning of the pandemic yeah what do you think about um like specifically the ones in the beginning of the pandemic? That or, could be an example, but maybe yeah. even ones before that. I mean, I, I, I kind of think of sketches are writing little notes to our future self, right? Like, yeah. we're like I have an idea and I'm gonna write it down. I but, used to do this thing in school where like, I would like set up a bunch of different, like, I guess options for what I, I wanna make. And they were like all different ones. And I think I got really invested in sketching I remember like sitting at the table one day at school and I was like, is it worth it to make something that I know I really can't make? Like, is it worth it to just draw something that I know I can't draw? And like, one of the educators was just like, uh, yes, because you probably can make that in the future. It's probably I mean, have it for later. I think you just asked like a paradoxical existential question. <laughs> Is it worth it to draw something I know I can't draw, but by the nature of attempting to draw it, then you drew it. Oh, sorry. Is it worth it to draw something that I know I can't, can't make? But yeah. it's the same thing, right? I mean, like... Yeah, I guess so. I guess I hadn't thought about it like that. Like, I could totally just, like, from there, make some models and test and explore that. <laughs> that I, is also true. It's almost like ask, I mean, you can ask the flip, is it even worth drawing something that you know you can make? Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. I enjoy that we ended that conversation with a really tricky existential art question. What is the relationship in creation between sketching and actual production? between having the idea and seeing it actualized. You know, I bring up a term in my conversation with Naomi that maybe not everybody is familiar with, and that is the idea of blue sky thinking. When creative designers are starting a project, often the phase of blue sky thinking means, imagine that there were no restrictions. Imagine that all the rules that govern the universe are turned off and that we can think creatively with no limitations. But of course, we come back down to earth, we come back down from that blue sky thinking, and then we look at our creative process 
and we have to deal with those limitations. But that's when we get to the creative problem solving. And that's something that Naomi and I spent a lot of time talking about and what a lot of artists talk about is you have the idea and then you work through the idea to solve the problems of its creation. So I hope that all of you out there are taking the time to be creative problem solvers in your own studio. And we hope to see you in the studios at Aramont as well for that same creative exploration. See you next time on the Aramont Podcast. Thank you.